attention I can't get no call to action but I try and I try and I try hello and, and try. welcome to they might be right the boisterous brother of call to action that breaks up bundles in the pithy playground of Twitter in honour of Bill Birnbach's famed pocket card and from where these specials take their title, we invite our challengers into the octagon of debate and welcome the opinions of others, others who might be right. It's like Royal Rumble, with the single but vital exception that there's fewer flamboyant flying elbows, unless it really kicks off. It's brought to you by Gasp and I'm Giles Edwards, co-founder and referee. Today, I'm with Jake Sanders, the man whose tweets sparked all this off, and not content with only being a great marketer, Jake is also a Grammy-nominated musician and host of his own marketing sci-fi podcast show, Outbound. Our second challenger, hailing from Columbia, South Carolina, is Derek Walker, a truly great copywriter who makes writing an art form. Derek owns and runs the successful ad agency Brown and Browner. And finally, Lee Woodard, one of the best digital and marketing consultants around. Lee is founder of Know Me Digital and the co-founder of Privacy Experience Agency. Welcome to you all. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. Hey, girls. Hey, guys. A quick reminder of today's motion, loyalty programs, a complete waste of time. Discuss. It's time for the challengers to land some early telling blows with their short opening statements. They'll be delivered one by one and uncontested. Any low blow interruptions will result in a points deduction. You have been warned. I'm firm but fair. The floor is yours, Jake. Um, well, you know, I, I, I started uh, doing some research about loyalty, kind of doing some self-reflection. I think all of this comes from our inability to think of ourselves when we think of others. And so I got into this in a psycholo psychological way, um, tweeting that that loyalty was sort of a, a hard concept to grasp. It's not something that you can work with. It's not a lever that I can push. It's something that happens. So, you know, I tweeted it out and then the, the fire started. And the Ehrenberg Bass people showed up, started flipping out of the river. Um, and then smaller marketers who know what it's like to work with loyal customers who show up day to day also showed up. And so I, I think, you know, my stance on this is I'm a firm believer that loyalty exists, but I don't think I can control it. And I think it's damaging to my psychology to to think that i can make someone loyal to me cool moving on to you derek so jake what's it like being single <laughs> does that count as a low blow you know that's a, that's a points deduction <laughs> i have a cardboard cutout of my family behind me you know you know somebody who's never been in a relationship might say how do i get somebody to be loyal to me uh maybe you you know i, I i'm gonna swerve on there i i'm always thinking what we don't do is we've we get into our ivory towers we get an education or whatever we get and we seem to forget the human beings are always loyal 
You know, it flows through our religion. It flows through our political parties. It flows through our sports teams. Oh, dear God, our sports teams are worse than our religion. You know, but what we don't understand as far as marketers is there's some stuff we can put some work into where people can. And we as advertisers can't make people loyal if our if our clients aren't in, in committed to it. That's the key. But now if I've got a client that believes in great customer service and going beyond the extra, then the loyalty program works for them because I can tell that story, but it works because it's ingrained in them. I got a little bakery I go to in Columbia, South Carolina. You go in there and the the lady behind the counter, she'll see you and she'll go, oh, no, baby, don't charge them today. They've been in at least 10 or 12 times. They get a free dessert today. Is it an organized loyalty program? No. Will I cut you over my free cake? Yes. (laughs) You know? (laughs) That free cake is the same. It's not a big thing. And this is where we get into this grandiose stuff. It's not about the big thing. People appreciate a thank you. And if it's not tied to having to buy something all the time, it works. You know, but anyway, that's just that's why I think balance is the key. Can we create a loyalty program when the client's a a dick? No. You know, the the people are going to come in and the client treats them like crap. But there's a reason why a store like Neiman Marcus has existed. And um, for Neiman Marcus is our big luxury brand here in the States. You go used to go in there and you could return things. No problem. None of that. You know, it's how you treat. But it's a partnership between the agency and the client. If the client's not doing what the client's supposed to do, of course, nobody's going to be loyal. But if the client is great at that, then you got to at least give the client, you got to tell that part of the story. And I think that's loyalty does. Cool. Well said. Lee, would you like to have an uncontested opening statement there? Yes, please. Um, I think I might be the only person here who has actually shut down a global loyalty program for a retailer. <laughs> um, um, because I think I think the vast majority aren't anything to do with loyalty they they are discount programs by another name um and 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 i think it trains it trains consumers to only want to get discounts and and they see money rather than it's got nothing to do with loyalty it really hasn't got very little to do with loyalty there's there's kind of seven types of loyalty programs right you know points mean prizes and transactions means discounts and gold silver bronze tiered programs and swap your points to give it to charity there's all sorts of stuff going on right you know purpose driven most people don't engage with them most people think they don't work most people are inactive and most people are only in it for the money i've got a dog and even he would leave if he thought i could if he could get snacks elsewhere so so it I, really what is loyalty really about and i think loyalty in its current guise is largely a mirage doesn't saying that humans don't de- desire it but loyalty as it is built today is a corporate mirage where people are just conning themselves that that's what loyalty is and it's not. That was fantastic. Right, now it's time for the main event, the Royal Rumble, or for this week at least, a loyal rumble. It's a 20-minute, no holds barred slugfest of proper debate. Let's get ready to rumble! Oh, I gotta go.
Lee, it by that definition, marriage is 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 transitional, transactional. You know, I mean, any relationship is transactional. Ooh. If you yeah. and nobody's loyal except they're getting something out of it. Who's having a relationship with a brand though? I'm not married. I'm not married to a brand. I'm married to my wife. They're not the same thing. They are and they aren't. She's not listed on Nasdaq the last time I looked. No, she isn't. But the thing about it is, you, she's not staying with you just out of just because you're a great person. She was never with me for that reason. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, and, and but we and and you can make the leap. What what we're saying is, anytime you do business with us, if 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 that's the case. Even if you come in a store and do business with somebody, by your definition, giving them something isn't loyalty. No, no. See, I think no. See, I think there's a nuance there. See, I, I actually disagree. I think saying thank you and giving something back in some way is really important, but I don't think it. I don't think necessarily I would define it as loyalty. So, so I think that's where I that's where I differ, right? Because I I'm really interested in. I was doing a strategy for a gifting program, right? So, and and where the the you could gift something on. So you know the gifter could give something to the giftee kind of thing, and then and the idea was is that after three months, the person who gave the gift, we would give that person a gift, like so. So thank you for buying your best friend a gift, kind of thing. We did not once discuss that as a loyalty play. We discussed that as a as just being really emotionally intelligent about what is the right thing to do for the brand rather than going, well, this is part of a loyalty program and this is part of a loyalty strategy, or this is just not being dicks and not being idiots about your customers. I don't think it necessarily translates to loyalty with quote marks around it. So, so, and so here's, here's a story I got into marketing. Um, I got a gig at a local law firm and I was just their social media person. So my first approach into marketing at all was through social media. So I was of the mind that these TV lawyers were wasting their money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for the laugh, but I was straight up serious and I was like, Oh no. We're going to go down these dinosaurs. They're running billboards and fucking radio ads and TV ads. They need to know retention is the new acquisition. And fan-powered marketing, if we can get ambassadors, then we don't have to extract value getting customers. We can just expend, you know, the energy from them. You know, I don't need to go get new ones. I, the ones we have are much more valuable. And I remember sitting there staring this person in the face who had run 30 years of TV ads in the Denver area, telling him that he was a fool in a sense. And so it was, it was tough to, he said, okay, well, let's talk about it. He was open-minded enough not to throw me out a window but he heard me out and gave me an ability to understand how I could maybe make a difference. So he gave me this ambassador program. So here's tons of work for me um, that I got together, local businesses. I can give our current clients value. I can give them discounts at local places. I can go around, make connections. Everybody's, everybody just, it was amazing. And I had this website and everything. There was no way for me to track 
progress, utilization. Um, there was no interest in clients. There was no interest in businesses. After a while, I realized I was focusing on a loyalty program when I was the I was given the charge to do marketing for the law firm when I needed to be in there with the sales staff, hearing how people were intaking calls. I needed to know how our process was working. You know, I, I was missing gaps in the marketing supply chain because I was living in this world where I thought loyalty could be fixed and I could extract value from people, but I was not paying attention to the people and the ways that I could create small little nudges, thank yous. At the end of disbursements, we never gave a thank you. We just handed them a check. And when I found that out, I was like, that's awful. We need to give them a, a nice thank you, a, a small little folder, a, 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 hey, thank you so much. I started focusing on those things and I started seeing more effects, people suggesting things, you know, that word of mouth was going off. But the problem was I had to stop focusing on what I thought was a loyalty program. And I had to start looking at the ways I could be more loyal and serve people. And But so you built a loyalty program that way. See, this is where we get it wrong. What you did created loyalty. The thank you created loyalty. But my focus on operational mechanisms that I could turn created that thing, right? But 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 we're we're thinking direct control. I'm gonna I'm gonna create a loyalty right. program and people exactly are gonna come right. back. I'm not seeing it like that, and that's where I'm I'm struggling with this is. I, I don't ever think a loyalty program is the solution for anybody's business. It's a re it's a reflection of their business. We used to talk a good colleague of mine. Um, uh, we we had, it was the the fight club thing, and we we had up on our wall. It was the first rule of loyalty is we don't use the word loyalty. <laughs> was was was, and and we kept coming back to that the whole time. It's like how do you do loyalty without talking about loyalty or doing loyalty? And and because because otherwise you end up with loyalty platforms and tech solutions and all sorts of horrific things that just that just get you nowhere and spend lots of money and get you fired. Um, and, and so and so you've got to go back to to why why do people why 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 do people buy you why are they with you what why do they talk to you why do they buy your product and 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 why might they do that again? one day um and and i think you've kind of got to get back down to that simple that simple level i think too much is systemized too much is trying to be commoditized and systemized when when actually they've tried to make it a science when actually there's there's a there's a whole lot of art in this and i think the reason why it gets systemized is because of size and scale if you're a maker on tiktok you can do handwritten letters and you can do nice things it's it's, it's the famous story about um, Virgin Atlantic and the limo service, right? So you fly Virgin Upper, and on a lot of those flights, they'll do a limo service door to door to, to, to their stuff. BA can never do that because they're too big. Like BA could never offer that service essentially because, like, logistically, they, it's unaffordable for them. And so, I think you've got to look at who you are as a brand and 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 really kind of what your advantages are and what are those things that kind of make a difference, and not think about loyalty, but think about making a difference and someone going huh i got another friend who used to call it the rubber duck moment you're you're in a nice hotel you're in a small thing and you get in the bath and someone's put a rubber duck in there and you go 
oh that was cool you know that was that was unusual that that was cool and you say what's the rubber duck in this like what's the little and i think it's that stuff it is the small stuff and loyalty gets too big and too blown up and too systemized and i think that's not the answer so i i agree with you i agree with you but where 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 the problem is is that's not where most brands are most brands are it's a thing and it's big and we've got to solve it and that's not actually the way to solve it but we as advertisers here's where here's where i get so frustrated we have set into this is how loyalty programs look and act. This is that little cube of it. There are no rules in this, people. For, for the love of God, <laughs> we can cheat. Why are we following somebody else's fucking model? Yeah. Uh, and let me let me give you this example real quick. In the black community, I couldn't understand growing up why my parents and my grandparents were fiercely loyal to Sears and Roebuck. I mean, fiercely. They would pass Macy's and everybody else and not even look at them. My father finally set me down probably about 20 years ago and he said, you know why we shop Sears? Because Sears had a catalog. And in the South, when the stores wouldn't allow blacks to shop in it, Sears would ship things to black homes. And my parents and my grandparents had that long memory of that. Now Sears got away from that heritage and that, that part, and you see how they got screwed up. But my, my parents would drive miles to go to a Sears store to reward that behavior. So I'm saying it's baked into how these the clients have to behave and we can help them. You know, who would have thought a catalog was a was a, a loyalty program, but it was for community. We interrupt this podcast to announce that we will never interrupt this podcast with ads. Ads that awkwardly nudge you to contact the pods host Giles Edwards at Giles at gasp agency. Only recently, some pod listening companies did just that, calling for guidance on direct mail and client retention. But we're definitely not asking you to do that. Anyway, back to the show. And it's probably the world's simplest idea. I call it the golden circle. Yeah, golden shower, more like. You don't want Simon Sinek, you want a proper marketing chat, don't you? Hang on. You know, in the black community, folks knew that secret. Now oh, that's better. Yeah, so uh, so I, I think I'm agreeing with your point because I, I wrote some notes down here, but I'm thinking that we forget that marketers create the marketplace and what kind of consumers are you creating? And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that loyalty does exist on category levels like juice. I love juice. Let me get some juice. Do I like orange juice or apple juice or grape juice? I'm just getting into some juice today. Cereal. Shit, I love cereal. Soda. Weed, for me. There are so many different types of brands of weed. Homie, it doesn't matter. But, so category level, big loyalty to that. But brand specific stuff, I think it gets kind of heady because... um People are taking it on like, I wish you were just more loyal to me. And I think we have to be okay with being a part of a loyal category set. 
And then I also think retail level, there's loyalty to retailers, I think. You know, there's loyalty to categories. But when you get down to specific micro instances of brands, I think it starts getting very hectic for a marketer because they take it psychologically, personally, when people aren't loyal to them. And really, you're just juice. Don't get it twisted. I love you, your juice, but hold on. Now, the point is, I, I can't as a marketer, if I think I'm supposed to inspire deadly loyal people who will fucking drive miles to find my juice, I'm going to fucking shoot myself in the dick because I haven't reached out to too many more people who just want juice. I've been looking for those two or three motherfuckers who are looking to cross a mountain for my ass. And what's wrong is that I take it on myself. And then I tell my owners or my clients, guys, we're going to get loyal fucking audience. They're going to climb a goddamn mountain. They're going to smash through a goddamn mountain with a steam tunnel to find us. And the truth is, I have to spend my energy getting more people who are more interested in just the juice rather than my specific type of thing. So I'm thinking in music terms, like my job is to play for everyone, right? And if I see a couple people dancing and they start screaming and they want to hear something and I start following them, I've shrunken the attention span of the entire addressable audience to follow some fucking weirdos who keep telling me to play Freebird. And then I'm going to play Freebird. And then there's going to be some people who go off when I should have just been playing the hits. So my whole idea is I got to fill up the, the floor and my job is to fill up the floor. And if I get too stressed with loyal loyalty and personal and stuff, I get, I'm just, I, I think I'm disserving everyone yeah but it's based on yes you're right but there's like so i've got down i live in i live in london middle of london down the road from me like there is in many there's there's a petrol garage and that petrol garage has a has a you know a small supermarket a small convenience store attached attached to it and it's literally a five minute walk and i use it to do convenience stuff you know milk you know the odd thing that you need you walk down um about two two weeks ago, they forcibly gave me their new loyalty card. Like literally scanned it, handed it to me, told me that if I registered for the app, I'd get five pounds worth of points, um, which which was the equivalent to a thousand points. Not bad. And I was like, and I was like, dude, I don't care. Like 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 uh, it, like I only come here because I you know because you're closer than anywhere else. Like you're closer than anywhere else. My loyalty is how far I can be bothered to walk. My loyalty is not to, like, and if you were a different brand, it wouldn't matter because it's where I want to walk to. And yet, obviously, they'd been told from corporate to push these loyalty cards. They'd obviously been told that they had a big push because they've spent a lot of money building an app, spent a lot of money getting it out into the marketplace, spent a lot of money. And now these poor guys behind the till were literally begging people to take these things and and and, and hand them out when actually... What would make me more loyal was to recognize that I was a five minute walk away and that was, that was a lot of their foot traffic was like, oh, shit, I haven't got any milk. or Oh, shit, I need this for my recipe this evening and actually key into something that was actually useful rather than a points mean prizes thing that, that everyone is going to go, OK, put it in their wallet, put it in their purse. When they go, have you got a loyalty card? Oh, yeah, where somewhere? Hang on a second. Where is it? Oh, yeah, no, don't. Yeah. And it's just because. 
someone in marketing spoke to us and advertising spoke to a client or the client had had an idea and the people in marketing and advertising did not go back to them and say geez that's a shit idea that is a really shit idea and and or or, or or not necessarily a shit idea, but just maybe not particularly to Derek's point. A loyalty program is not the answer. It may be. I love my gas card. I will tell you back. I'll bounce back yeah. on that, Lee. I love my lo- my loyalty gas card at the loaf and jug. Whoa. That's because you guys pay about four pence for a liter of fuel, though, right? When we're paying, like, and you get half off, like, half off all guns at the gas station. I don't know what a pence is, but yes, it's expensive. Yeah, you you guys probably you guys probably get like a, a free nuclear weapon or something. Yeah, we, I, hate we, we, I hate it. I'm like, I, I say, <laughs> I'm actually trying to save the environment. You can hold off on the nuclear warhead. <laughs> I will take a plastic straw. Yeah, we, listen. I, I, my best friend is a newspaper delivery person. Oh, time's running out. And he, so he's getting gas every day. You know, he's still delivering newspapers out in the rural South Carolina. He goes into this gas station every day. They don't have a loyalty card, but they have fresh baked goods. There you go. And (laughs) the guy noticed that he always buys these little donut hole things. And he tells me, he goes, you know, if I come in here at 1030 at night, when I'm starting out on the paper run, they always have set aside for me donut holes. Somewhere in corporate, they, they train their people to pay attention. And to your point, See, what I'm saying is we're all building loyalty programs off of one model. Whereas they're different models and he's to him, those donut holes are as important as anything else because it shows he's been seen. But but the real fucker in all, all, all this is that that idea of the has ended up as personalization. Oh, we'll do personalization. Like, oh, oh, if we can get all their data, if we can get all their data, then we can tell them we'll know that they like donut holes <laughs> and we can do it on mass. It's like, no, you can't. No. And, and, and so it's exactly like trying to replicate the small store experience, which is which is how we've ended up in this in this mess of loyalty. I think. But oddly enough, this is a large gas station chain na- nationwide. But a good manager, right? A good a good manager, right? a good local manager, I'm guessing. I think they've allowed their they've trained their managers all to be observant. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and given them permission to give away. When I worked at when I worked at Pizza Hut, all the managers had that ability. Did they use it is another thing. And that, you know, when you do when you got a customer, you go, you know what, you've come in too much. I got you. And just because we've not talked about what get called loyalty schemes but where you pay like amazon prime or memberships where where people are actually paying the brand to 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 be in we've not spoken about that stuff and and people call them loyalty programs again okay now those i don't aren't. think they are no. i don't think they are loyalty programs and yet people go oh but they they, they work right i'm like that's because they're not a loyalty program yeah <laughs> and and so and so I kind of dismiss that they're brilliant. I mean, I know the founder of Rafa, the cycling club, and Simon Rafa CC has been hugely successful and it's built a great community and people want to be involved in that, in that community. And I think for that kind of brand and that kind of stuff or 
Amazon where you're getting loads of stuff for it, then fine, take my hundred pounds, take my 150 quid. That's good value. I, I'm getting a value exchange there with, with a brand that, that I'm going to be doing stuff with anyway. Uh, and I think that kind of makes sense. I think there is something about manipulating. I, I think most marketers want to create an autocratic relationship with consumers, not an autonomous one. I think most people want to hold and grab and and manipulate and try and run like a loyalty sea world. You know, like, I mean, like you, you want to try and hold on to these whales. Oh, we're off the clock, but I want to. I just want to give you guys this. I go through Neiman Marcus to go to the Tommy Bahama store, and I, I like the. I like the. They have these, but there. I always buy Creed cologne, and you can only get it from Neiman Marcus. And I'm walking past the Creed stand, and the young lady recognizes me, and she goes. No, she goes, have you tried? She goes, excuse me, sir. Don't you always buy Creed? And I'm like, yes. She goes, Green um, um, Aventus is the one you buy. And I'm like, yes. She goes, you've got to smell this one. And it's a new one. And she gives me the thing and she doesn't push. Now, what are the chances on the way out I'm going to stop? You know, we hadn't trained what, what we tell clients is we can take to your point. We can take this load from them. We shouldn't be taking the customer service load from them. I don't control loyalty for a bad client. A bad client is never going to have loyalty. But it's how you treat your customers. So anyway, that's why. But it was just, that was so cool. You know, it's so cool to be walking through and she actually stopped and she's and she she's like, how's. How's your ex-wife? How are the boys? Because I, I bought my boys a starter kit. You know, they started dating. You, you know, keep them from smelling funky. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it's like, and, and it's like, look, and it's so funny. She goes, and the boys come in because they live in Charlotte. They come in every now and then and get some Creed. So she knows my sons now. You can't, you can't dictate that. Right, there's, there's no more punches after the bell's gone, Derek. That's it. I will give you each time for a closing statement. So um, it's your chance to land another eloquent uppercut to claim victory. And first up, we'll do this in reverse order. So first up, Lee, anything else you want to you close with? Finish him. I'm just going to say that I think, I think uh, the first rule of loyalty is not to talk about loyalty. I think I think the starting place is to go 180 degrees away from it, and I think you might end up in where in the the right place. I think. Yeah, smart words. Moving on to you, Derek. I think it's the same problem we have with every other media, every other thing we try to do for clients. We tried to put a formula to it. The second you tried to make it where it could be duplicated or replicated, we fucked it up. You just did. I mean, it's a natural thing that we've just taken and gone. Let's show you how smart we are by making it organized. Chaos is so much better sometimes. Well said, well said. And a final flourish from you, Joe. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about that. Loyalty is this thing that exists, you know, I mean, I, as in music, you know, it, it, um, people are loyal to bands. Um, I'm loyal to record labels. 
you know, um, I remember Ninja Tune, you know, Kurt Tom, like Curtis Mayfield's record label, Blue Thumb, um, Blue Note, any of these things. You knew you were getting consistency. And so I think we're getting on this idea of consistent service that is creating a brand that's easy to find, easy to buy, and easily thought worth it. And if you can do that, then people will exhibit or create some kind of loyalty to you. But that's not for you to do. That's for you to just continue servicing and being active participant, a, a marketer who creates a marketplace. And that's, that's, not, that's our job. I think, Jake, what I'd say is, I think what you're saying is that loyalty is an outcome, not a goal. Thank, thank uh, yes. And God bless it for it to show up because it needs to be there. I'm a jazz musician. I don't have anything without loyal people. You guys, you guys are talking far too much sense for there to be a winner. So we will go to a judge's decision, which in this case is you, the listeners. You can vote for a winner or a draw via a poll link on this episode's notes. We'll announce and raise the gloves of the winner in a week or so. The episode's show notes also have the challenger's social media handles for you to follow and get back in touch with. And you'll also find a link to the original Twitter spat that kicked this off. So thank you, everyone, for participating. Thank you to all of the challengers. Thank you to everyone listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share and review the pod. If you spot any tasty Twitter spats that could be settled on the show, just let us know. And I try, and I try, and I try.